0: Today on Follow Friday we're going to talk about Mr. Blobby, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, tags, toppers, Vine, Star Trek, fake mustaches, Edith PF and Dracula. That's in a minute with comedian Alistair Beckett King. But first, I want to remind you to nominate Follow Friday in the 16th Annual Podcast Awards. Go to followfriday.net slash podcast awards, make a free account, and please nominate us in the technology category. And heads up, once you have picked Follow Friday in the technology category, you need to click Save Nominations for it to go through. You have until July 31st to do this, and I would really appreciate your support. One more time, that's falloffriday.net slash podcast awards. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Let's have a a soirée. Well, that's enough for a place to know. Friday Eric Johnson, welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can help me make Follow Friday for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Follow Friday. You can also support the show for free by telling your friends about it. Today on the show is Alistair Beckett King, an animator and award-winning comedian who you might have seen on YouTube or Twitter or on the BBC. He's also the co-host of Loremen, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from the days of yore. Here's a clip from one of Alistair's YouTube videos titled Every Single Scandinavian Crime Drama. He plays both the characters in this scene who were talking outdoors at night in the snow. Because it is Scandinavia, it is always nighttime and snowing.
1: Good good some, yeah. There has been another murder. I already know. The victim was my son. You don't seem very upset. We were not close. The killer could be anyone in Helgesund. That's over seven people. Wait, I'm getting a call. Allow me to slip into fluent English. Hello? Gunnar Gunnarsson? Is it about my son, Gunnar son? Understood. I know who the killer was. Who was it? It was you. You got me.
0: You can find Alistair on Twitter at Mr. ABK, and Mr. is spelled out, M I S T E R. You can also find him on YouTube at A Beckett King, and that's the letter A B E C K E T T K I N G. Alistair, welcome to Fallout Friday. Hello, Eric. Thank you for having me. So excited to talk to you. So nice to meet you. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, you've, you've had a bunch of videos go viral while we've been in lockdown through this pandemic, and I want to highlight another one you did recently called. Blade Runner, but Mr. Blobby is there.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that went viral.
0: Well, it, it got a reaction. You, you, mm. you, you have introduced Mr. Blobby to, to a much larger audience than, than ever had to deal with him before. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hadn't realized until then um, that uh, obviously YouTube is uh, in particular is very international, and people who find you through recommendations or the algorithm on YouTube – uh, it's much whereas uh, I do a lot of stuff on Twitter, and Twitter is very much yeah British people are talking about British things with a few Americans <laughs> in the mix on our side of uh, of the, the sea. But YouTube is very international, so there's an awful lot of who the hell is Mister Blobby? What is? What am I watching? Oh, why?
0: <laughs> Is this real, uh, Mr. Black, yeah, I have a vague sense of like this was a character from the nineties, right? Yes. Who was sort of like a creepy children's mascot, but not really. It was like a parody of children's mascots.
1: Yeah. so it was it was just one of those um, those things that should never happen, but um, but turned out to be awful at the time, but in retrospect, quite wonderful. So he was supposed to be a fake TV show, so like like the worst idea for a for a character, a really ugly, horrible costume, uh, just revolting and terrifying. Um, but then of course it became a real thing and he got loads of spin-offs all of which were, were horrible <laughs> just, just, just revolting stuff um but but nonetheless there is a, a weird um that you know there's a lot of charm to the earlier sketches in a weird way They've like, they've like unintentionally created like uh uh well if i were british i would say like reeves and mortimer but um, but americans might no idea. maybe things like um uh, I think you should leave. Mm-hmm. They've unwittingly created a, a, that kind of a sketch while trying to genuinely do mainstream Saturday night family television, which is, I think, <laughs> is a beautiful thing. It's like the mouth doesn't move don't talk it looks weird
0: <laughs> it's just it's the, this creepiest thing and i love it so much it's it's something i've long time ago went down a youtube rabbit hole uh watching old mr blobby clips i don't know why exactly <laughs> but uh i I, th- I think you deserve some credit for for raising the awareness of this Thank horrifying you. creature
1: <laughs> and huge credit to huge credit to whoever's in the suit who really just falls over and throws themselves at the set and really takes a battering for
0: for our entertainment absolutely the unsung hero I, a comic genius yeah <laughs> well let's find out who alistair follows online you can follow along with us today every person he recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at follow friday podcast.com. it's follow friday so, Alistair, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category Someone you Followed Forever, and you said Dane Baptiste, who's on Twitter at DaneBaptweets. He's also on Twitter at DaneSNaptiste, with an N. So, Dane is a stand-up comedian, the host of a podcast called Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, and he's developing a show for BBC3 called Bamus, I think. Um So, how did you first start following him?
1: Well, several of the people I'm recommending are are British comedians who I who I know from real life, Um, uh, because I joined Quitter Quitter Quitter. Wow, (laughs) there's the social media network we need. For slip. for people who just need to stop posting, just stop. (laughs) join twitter <laughs> so i so i was doing comedy and stuff before i was on twitter whereas you know a lot of people were there you know you know in the early days when it was supposedly lovely and it was all yeah. just like uh, noble laureates and uh, and successful comedians and philosophers the more civilized age yeah, yeah all just quaffing ales and chuckling <laughs> but um something happened i don't know what it's changed so the, the the reason I thought uh, Dane was uh, an appropriate choice for someone you followed forever is that when I was starting to do stand up, Dane was still relatively new, but was already obviously really good. It's sort of like someone who is in like the, the years above you in school. They they seem ever so grown up and old, you know. Even when, but it's just because because you're really little, and right. so so I uh, I was always really impressed with him as a stand up. You know, watching him do really well and do things well has always been really nice in a weird way. Cause it's like, Oh, I remember, I remember seeing him when he wasn't on TV and he was obviously going to be successful. And that's quite cool. And I, I also what I like about him on Twitter is that these days I don't get into Twitter arguments anymore, but mm. Dane does and he has i have I've, I've from afar from like a ringside not even a ringside seat like from reading about it in the newspaper the next day i'm watching him sort of take
0: people to task is he is he good at it does he win
1: yeah i think I, he's he's very witty and very funny but also very um quite on the ball politically so he so he's able to uh, to trip people up i mean not that we should promote arguing on the
0: internet but some people are good but. at it and some people aren't if you're going to argue on the internet <laughs> be as funny and if as you're good as you team. may
1: as well be funny so yeah so i so I, I would have probably followed him very shortly after joining twitter and um i i've just yes just been just been watching him absolutely batter people ever since <laughs> sorry i expressed that in an, an incredibly british way just watching him batter people
0: comedy can be a contact sport depending on what what, what circles you run in but
1: <laughs> yeah i mean obviously my my jokes are all sort of light-hearted whimsy about mr blobby and stuff but if you if you don't like that um well the other thing the other thing that i think impressed me about dane as a comedian is uh, uh, this may sound like a weird thing to say but he's he, his his manner on stage is quite deadpan which is you know a very normal thing, but it's, um, it's rare in, in, in Britain for black stand-up comedians to do deadpan humour. And I think that is because the opportunities for black comics here, and it's probably not that dissimilar to black actors, are really limited because I think there's a real sense of, oh, well, we've already kind of got some. Black comedians. So isn't that enough? Like, haven't we got enough? Huh. Whereas in the states, not not to imply that the states hasn't got a racism problem. Yeah, we do. Um, but the, but there is a, there is still a huge market for for black stand-up comedians and black comedy. Whether that is black stand-up comedians playing to mixed crowds or whether that's black comics doing mostly black gigs. Right. Uh, that exists here, but on a smaller scale. And one of the things you notice is there's you know there's lots of comedians who are famous for sort of a, a doer exterior or, or being sort of deadpan or being sort of tough. And you notice, in a way, you sort of think, I don't know if the mainstream middle-class white British audience wants to hear that from a black comedian. I don't know if we want to be told off by Do you know what I mean? I think there's a resistance to that. Yeah. And so I, I, I thought it really impressed me early on that that was the angle Dane was using, which I guess just suits his personality and him, but that he wasn't going to soften himself in order to try and appeal to an audience. If you know what I mean, or, or rather, to uh, he wasn't going to try and soften himself in order to appeal to an audience's prejudices.
0: He's he's not going to yeah he's not going to compromise whatever he's best at yeah comedy wise. He, he's he's not going to to you know take shortcuts or try and you know in, in the pursuit of pursuit of fame and yeah. standing out. Yeah, I, I was going to say. So I think if I did my research right, you and Dane have both performed at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is uh, <laughs> yes. Big deal, comedy circuits.
1: Huge, huge deal here. Completely meaningless where you are. Um, <laughs> utterly, utterly meaningless. Uh, but yeah, ev- ev- every—it's not prestigious to have performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival because everybody goes there. Mm. Uh, it it has—it's—it's its, its very prestigious. End. I was going to say the entry bar is quite low. That isn't true. It's very expensive to do it, and so the oh. entry bar is being prepared to either sleep in a tent or in someone's cupboard for a mm. month or spending probably hundreds, thousands of pounds just to be there for the month. Right. So there's, there, it's got its issues, but it, it is, or it can be, a wonderful place full of joy and the magic of comedy.
0: Yeah. Well, you said that you you for a long time admired his work and sort of looked up to him the way a kid looks up at, at an older kid.
1: <laughs> now that you say it back to me, that sounds pathetic.
0: Uh, but it's, well, yeah, that's what I said. Yep, that's what I said. Hey, have you ever actually like compared notes, like actually sat down and like talked about comedy in a in a deliberate way with, with him?
1: No, I haven't. I, don't, I guess, um, I mean, I, I, obviously, I've uh, gigged with Dane uh, on a number of occasions, but I think it's, I, I'm really bad at this. I, I, it's the same, I remember when I was going to university, I remember being interviewed by a particular tutor and then remaining intimidated by that tutor for the entire time that I was at university, purely because they were the person who'd interviewed me. And like, right. if I did badly now, they'd be like, oh, shouldn't have let him in? <laughs> and uh, so, so I, it's probably that, I think. And he's very busy, you know. Has got time to help old, uh, help out old ABK with his uh, with his jokes. No, way. <laughs> that that is me saying that. That's not Dane. Hasn't said no. I won't. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I <I'm> figure.
0: <laughs> is, is there a particular um, thing that he's done that you know, like a, a place you'd recommend people start if they wanted to get into his work or uh, outside of following him and admiring his the arguments he f- starts on Twitter?
1: Uh, I think Baymus would be a good start, which is uh, uh, his sort of quiz show, which is uh, mostly uh, sort of centered around black comics, um, but also his, um, his sitcom, Sunny D., um mm. i think it's probably still around it might be it's going to be harder probably for americans to find because these things are on the bbc but
0: um they're they're worth looking for i don't exactly know who it is but there are several kind charitable people who rip basically every, from everything from the bbc and put it on youtube so
1: several noble criminals several Robin yes. hoods who <laughs> rob from the rich and give to the poor they rob from the bbc and give to americans and make it possible. Until they get caught and taken down, there's a little window in which you can watch the shows.
0: I've cycled through, I think, like four or five uh, Robin Hoods who have uploaded QI episodes to YouTube. <laughs> so, you know, one yes. disappears, three more appear in their place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. You
1: cannot destroy
0: me. I am Hydra. Well, that was Dane Baptiste, who's on Twitter at DaneBaptweets. It's Father Friday. Alistair, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone you have a love-hate relationship with, and you said people who reply to tweets. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you I'm, can't
1: don't follow all of them. Obviously. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but but the, 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 I'm here to help you work through these complicated okay. feelings okay. you have. So, okay, what is your relationship like to the people in your Twitter replies? Okay, well, first of all, this one was a joke answer, and I didn't yeah. think you'd go with it. So I still want to talk about it. That's one one to you. <laughs> this is Eric. The danger of sending me a joke answer is I will. Take take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned a lesson about Eric. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, so I do have a love-hate relationship because when people, and I include people doing YouTube comments in this, when people reply to tweets and do YouTube comments, some of them are really funny and I really like them, and some of them aren't. Now, I also have to be clear that, you know, I have friends, you know, other comedians and, and Twitter jokesters with similar followers. Uh, who are women and their experience of, of sort of this kind of public context is totally different to mine. Like, nobody has ever sent me a picture of any body part ever in, in mm-hmm. at any point. I'm not, I sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. <laughs> but the, the, the nature of people's engagement with me as a nominally a man is quite different. And so I, I I'm not saying that I get the, the worst of it because I really don't think I do. Um but people people not getting the joke I'm fine with. Yeah. I in fact I I quite enjoy it. like it's it's quite lovely sometimes on YouTube. People will often be genuinely put out about the fact that they don't find something funny. So I'll have something mm. which has which I know is quite funny because it's you know, it's ninety-nine percent upvoted, so obviously it's funny and someone in the comments will be like, I don't get it. Why why is this funny? And <laughs> like they're genuinely Am I in the wrong? <laughs> It, no, you're right. It probably isn't funny to you. <laughs> but I, what the great thing is I've tricked all these people into thinking it is.
0: Yes, you're the, you're the special one. <laughs>
1: yeah, you've correctly seen that the Emperor is wearing no clothes and that <laughs> this isn't a joke. It's just something weird. Like, it's just Mr. Blobby in, in Blade Runner. That's not, <laughs> why is that happening? Who would do that? And um, and so I, I respect I respect the people who just don't find it funny. Um, what yeah. I don't like is people doing their own toppers, uh, which I think, oh. which, or, or tag. I'm not sure what the American word for it is, but their own follow-on from the joke, which is yeah. not as good as the joke.
0: The one-upsmanship. It's like, oh, well, yes. that was funny, but you know what? I've got a better one.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it also says something about a British and American comedy culture, um, or maybe British arrogance, that the American term for it is a tag. So you do the punchline. Mm-hmm. And then you you do a tag and you can keep, you know, and, and uh, you know, like riffing comics in particular are very good at just tagging the same joke, which is great because then you get more laughs out of the same joke. Right. Uh, but the English, the conventionally English term for it is topper. And that implies that the next one has to be better. Oh. Which is a, there's just a subtly different thing there because you can't keep doing toppers because... Right. It's, you're going to reach the upper limit of how funny that joke is.
0: You reach the ceiling
1: eventually. You reach yeah. the ceiling eventually, and which maybe says something about British one-upsmanship, as you say. But it's but it's also the it that is the, for me the attitude of the reply guy or reply person. Mm-hmm. But it is usually guys who says um, more like and then does their less good, less well <sighs> phrased version of the same <laughs> joke. And it's like, not more like that. No, less like that. More like what I had written originally, which yep. it's because getting a joke involved, not to be too pretentious about it, but it involves making a little sort of leap for yourself in your right. head, usually, to connect disparate ideas. Like you, you, the, the the listener to a joke has to do some work to realize, oh, the, oh, okay, something impossible has happened here and I'm resolving it. And the reply person having done that thinks, wow, I just invented a joke. <laughs> oh, I better put that in the replies. It's like you didn't—you didn't invent a joke. You experienced a joke.
0: <laughs> there's a difference there. Yeah. Yes,
1: there's a difference. You are the <laughs> joke recipient.
0: It's the—it's like the—I don't know if you've seen the meme where someone is holding like just a, a ball or something. And they say, "I made this." Another person receives it and they say, "You made this." They—they they take it away and then they're holding it in their hands and they say. I made this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, infuriatingly, we can't credit whoever came up with that brilliant joke, because we don't remember who wrote
0: that joke, ironically. Yeah, their, their credit has been lost to history. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, irony. But
1: um, yes, it's, it's exactly that. And I, the thing is, though, I get it. I understand why people want to join in. And annoyingly, sometimes people do do a really good joke. Especially, I especially like it if it's a really good joke at my expense that takes the piss out of me a little bit, because I think that's <laughs> quite a fun dynamic. Not to encourage people to do that because the worst kind of jokes are people who take the piss out of people because because they imagine that they have some kind of relationship with the person that allows them to sort of take the Mick as if you're friends in a pub when in fact mm-hmm. they are a stranger
0: <laughs> attacking you for no reason. So it's it's a difficult balancing act, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, you recently had a tweet uh, about Roald Dahl um, that I think attracted maybe the, the worst kind of Twitter <laughs> reply. Uh, you, this is, the original tweet you posted here was, in a new interview, Rural Doll claims his beloved book, The Nice Boy and the Horrible Ethnic Minority, you know the one, would not be published today due to cancel culture. <laughs> what an amusing tweet. I imagine that went over uncontroversially no problem at all uh, yeah so you you had to you had to post a reply to to this one clearing, clearing things up for for people who who had had some questions <laughs> about about the original tweet is that did you get to sort of a lot of just blowback to that what what was the what was the reaction like it's
1: a funny one uh, in britain especially people don't like it when you criticize roald dahl because he is really? he is a beloved children's author he is and an anti-semite like <laughs> yes I was going to say, get you, you a man that can do both. Don't get you a man <laughs> no, that does no. only one of those things. <laughs> it's and okay if it's he just the does the first thing. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a weird thing because we, uh, you, people, you want to, people want to get into this sort of separate the art from the artist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or they want to get into a, oh, but it was a different time and all sorts of other things. It's like, yeah, given yeah, mm-hmm. the time that it was, was the second world war where anti-Semitism is quite a big deal. So, yeah. you know, like he had plenty, he had ample opportunity to reflect on it. The thing is, he's also a very good writer. I don't think you have to say... Um, you, you don't have to choose... You, you, we don't have to decide that the people whose art we uh, can appreciate were entirely good or entirely bad people. It's mm-hmm. dishonest to do either of those things. But the main thrust that what frustrated me is, and many people got it, but the, the main thrust of that joke is that there have been several bogus cancel culture headlines in the last few weeks, over here at least, saying, this classic TV show would not be made due to cancel culture, thanks, says Ricky Gervais of The Office. Mm-hmm. And it's always him. <laughs> it, it, to his credit, he, cl- he clarified immediately that he hadn't said that and was being misquoted, which is the second ah. time that's happened in weeks that, uh, that someone has said, oh, it couldn't be made now because of cancel culture. And then they said, no, I didn't say that. You just printed that in the newspaper, even though I didn't <laughs> say it. And so... <coughs> Excuse me, I swallowed my own anger there for a second. Um, <laughs> so that's what I was trying to make fun of, because, of course, Roll Dahl is dead, and therefore yes. could not have said this, so it's an obviously confected headline. But,
0: uh, yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't cross the Roll Dahl fans. They come for you. <laughs> the most dangerous uh, subculture on the internet. <laughs> they, are, they are vicious. <laughs>
1: if you hear that Oompa Loompa song, you know, I know. Uh, you're, you know you're in trouble.
0: They just cruise through the streets just singing the Oompa Loompa song just to to scare the the locals, yeah. (laughs) Well, those are the people Alistair Beckett King has a love-hate relationship with, the people who reply to tweets. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back after this. Today's show is brought to you by Follow Friday on Patreon. Backing the podcast there for as little as a dollar a month will unlock bonus mini-sodes with our wonderful guests. In the mini-sodes, you'll hear exclusive extra recommendations from people like Anne Reardon, Freddie Wong, and this week's guest, Alistair Beckett-King. Here's a clip from this week's bonus episode.
1: I'm very much an example of the Dunning-Kruger effect when it comes to philosophy. Like, I'm interested in it, but I don't really know much about it, so I imagine that I know loads about <laughs> it. Um,
0: Plato's Cave? Yeah, I've heard
1: of it. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty much an expert on philosophy and
0: general philosophical stuff. So to hear the rest of that, please go to patreon.com slash followfriday. You'll get the bonus episodes starting at just $1 a month, and Alistair's bonus episode will be out later today. Thank you. It's Follow Friday! Welcome back to Follow Friday. Alistair, I asked you to tell me someone who makes you laugh, and you said the comedian and voice actor Sung Won Cho, also known as ProZD on YouTube. He's also on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at ProZD. So Sungwon does a bunch of different types of videos on his channel. He reviews board games. He tries lots of varieties of foods and drinks. He does a podcast with his friends. He does comedy sketches. Do you remember how you first came across his work? In the early days of the internet, there was a thing called
1: Vine. Do you remember Vine? <laughs> Gather around, children, while I tell you about Vine. <laughs> Will it take long, grandfather? It'll take seven seconds or something. <laughs> so there used to be a, a short-lived, it wasn't even that long ago, the, the short-lived um, uh, media platform Vine uh, allowed people to do very short jokes. And um, I, re- I remember watching Scottish comedian Limmy. I think I first came across his stuff through Vine. And I remember finding, uh, uh, well, I would say pro, I've been saying pro ZD because I'm, I've been Britishizing his name all of this time. (laughs) I think both are correct. Um, Won chose, uh, sort of seven second long sketches, which, um, which they're not even sketches. They're not even skits. They're they're, they're jokes a lot of the time. Incredibly, incredibly quick. And, uh, he's he's an incredibly funny voice actor. He's got a huge, huge range. Um, and they, they seem to come out of nowhere. And there are so many sort of technically funny details. They're they're very very low-fi a lot of the time, but it's things like his his because they end at seven seconds. They often cut off in the middle of a line or a scream, right? Or, or him saying "Well, no, get out of here" or something is happening in the sketch. So the, the the sense that it's still continuing after it ends, and that it's the the abrupt ending is all. You know, I mentioned. I think you should leave, and mm-hmm. it's it, that has a, a for me a very American rhythm to it. In in as much as the uh, the punchline is often like, "Oh, that was the ending, right?" And now yeah. I laugh. <laughs> so often, someone says something, you don't laugh at the final line in the sketch. You you laugh at. The music coming in when you realize, you know, in the little yeah. bumper, because you realize,
0: oh, right, that's the conclusion. <laughs> the sketch that is really... over. That, that was it. Yeah. And, and it's, there's a
1: laugh of, oh, okay. So you're sort of laughing in a way, them having taken the piss of you by ending right. the sketch like
0: that. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, this is the, this is a Netflix series starring comedian Tim Robinson, um, who, it, a lot of the sketches, I think, can be summed up as, person is incensed at <laughs> a very basic social norm <laughs> and does not seem to understand why anyone would follow it
1: yeah its formula is quite strong it's it is almost every sketch is about one one weird person which is yeah. um which is not always is it chris chris robinson i think so yeah or no tim robinson, tim robinson, tim robinson, robinson. Sorry every single sketch is about one weird person which is usually Tim Robinson but not always so that's right. the the fun you play the anxious moment at the start of every sketch where you try to work out who is going to do something absurd <laughs> but but yeah it, it's it's got a very distinctive feel to it but it also feels like it it works in, it belongs to an era of internet comedy because of the because of mm-hmm. the odd oddball pacing because the sketches are because the episodes are like 15 to 18 minutes long Right. You realize, oh, that's a good episode for a sk- good length for a sketch show. We've been watching half-hour sketch shows because that's how long they are on TV, and it's nice to realize actually that's a very good amount of time to watch sketches for.
0: Yeah, and so a similar thing with with, with Prozd or, or ProZD is just like the the joke; it only stays for as long as it needs to. It's not just yes, In fact, time it stays necessary.
1: for less than it needs to. Right. Uh, and and uh, which which means also that you get to, he gets to like iterate on the same idea in different videos, so he gets to sort of build on it not within the sketch, in you know by running on to sort of three or four minutes long as as would have happened in the old days, mm-hmm. but you get to sort of explore it. He gets to sort of explore ideas by saying, oh, you know, by sort of stacking up these these little tiny little microscopic sketches, all of which are really funny.
0: Yeah. I think the classic example or counter example of this in the U.S. anyway is Saturday Night Live, where for every sketch they have multiple actors, they have costumes, they have props, they have sets. They've invested mm. a lot of time and money into each premise, and yes. so they, I think, feel the need to get their money's worth to like spend time in the, each of those Absolutely. settings. Absolutely, because
1: there's only so many you can do in a show in a, There's a live show. So they spend money on everything except the writing because they have to write the whole thing that week so it's a weird it's a it's a sort of good luck to them that sounds like hard work but it's a sort of it's a very uh it's very much the inverse of um like doing a sketch on the internet where you can spend absolutely ages putting together something very
0: tiny yeah so so like in your own experience making comedy videos like how much of that do you do you balance like when you're deciding like for example your your Star Trek video or, or it was called like every space uh, I forget I forget what you call it but it was uh...
1: every episode of popular space show is what I think it's called on screen Greetings, Captain. I represent an alien race not necessarily based upon a specific human ethnicity, but it still feels kind of iffy. We represent the vegetarian space socialists who are always right. You guys are the worst. We know. My people will not leave this planet under any circumstances, even though it is going to be destroyed. But that planet is going to be destroyed. Then we will leave.
0: You you have... Costumes and makeup and special effects in there. Like, do, do you balance the amount of time and effort it's going to take just to get like the set dressing right when when you're conceptualizing a, a video?
1: One of my principles is that putting too much effort into things makes them funnier, uh, which is not <laughs> which is not always true. Um, fortunately, it turned out to be true in that case, and that video did quite well. But that one was very, very hard work. I've had to do a CGI bald cap for myself because I have long, long flowing hair. And so I had to try and do an impression of Captain Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Um, I think the impression in the video is slightly better than what I just did then. But anyway, it's not that good. <laughs> uh, so there's so much work went into it, but then thought, and I, about, at the end, I'd, I was convinced, before I posted it, I was convinced I'd wasted my time. And then luckily... It did quite well and people really liked yeah. it. And people keep saying, when are you doing Captain Picard again? And I'm like, I'm not, because <laughs> <laughs> it took ages to do the bald head. And you've seen it now. Uh, th- yeah, I think what's what's nice about it, though, is you get to try something, commit to it, and then see if it's funny afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's quite like doing live stand-up. I don't know if Sung Won Cho does has uh, has ever done stand-up. As far as I know, he's just been doing sort of voiceover stuff and animation and games.
0: I think he does like live streaming on Twitch, which is
1: probably the closest analog to stand-up. I suppose so, but my feeling is it's it's more like sort of talk radio because we've always had, I don't know about what it's like in the US, but we've always had sort of semi-funny radio shows on sort of Saturday mornings. We just have white racist old people. Yeah, uh, there's some, we got some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a little bit more like that, where it's sort of semi improvised, structured, funny chat, a bit more like a podcast. Right. Um, whereas the thing that this, the little making little videos, especially uh, the seven second vine length, is uh, you get the sort of sem- almost instant feedback. You can do an idea, you, you can film it on your phone or, you know, in a flat, and then instantly find out if it's funny. Now, you don't instantly find out if something's not funny because n- people not retweeting a video doesn't mean it's bad. It just. You know, right. Like if you haven't got any followers and you post a video and it doesn't get any retweets, it doesn't mean the video is bad. It doesn't just, mean anything, yeah. But if it gets billions of retweets, it means the video was good. So that's the way the formula
0: works.: Is there a, um, a specific favorite video of, of prossidedies that, that you can that comes to mind, any um, favorite place where you think someone should start to really I don't know like a, a classic of his work?
1: There's some great He has some great compilations of them on YouTube, which I think are well yeah. I, I can't pin it down to a single one, but whenever he's wearing the tiny false mustache that he wears, yes, <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, whenever, whenever I see him wearing a tiny false mustache, I'm rubbing my hands together thinking, this is going to be good. He's going to use the, he's going to use the, I am the landlord of the, this town voice, which I can't yeah. do. Uh, and he's going to wear that little mustache and he's going to hold, uh, uh what I think is a water pistol. <laughs> and it's
0: going to be great. Well, that was Sung One Show. He's on YouTube at ProZD or ProZD. Your choice. ProZD. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. I asked you for someone you're jealous of, and you said Beck Hill. She's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Beck Hill comedian. And Beck is spelled B E C. Uh, she often jokes that it's Be Chill comedian is the other way of finding the way of oh, pronouncing no. it could her. could be read that way. Yes, yeah. Her Twitter handle. Uh, so tell me about Beck and her, her style of comedy. Like, what about it makes you jealous?
1: Beck Hill has invented a t- subgenre of stand-up, which is live paper puppetry. And I don't know if she started out doing this live on stage or whether she started out doing it or in, in videos that went viral, mm-hmm. but she has a flip chart uh, on stage with her and she she flips over pages and there's like sort of cut out, you know, like children's pop-up book right. images, which she, she animates sometimes to, often to, to music. And the concept of that is exactly my kind of thing. It's, first of all, it's so much work. Mm-hmm. It's so much work. Yeah. And you know I think putting too much work into <laughs> things makes them funnier. You know, the, the lengths, you know, just traveling to gigs with a with an A board and with flip charts mm-hmm. and with, uh, with, you know, and, and having made all of this stuff. And it's going to break and you're going to have to repair it and make new ones for the gigs. It's so, so much work and it works so well. There's nothing else like it except that there is because people rip off
0: the idea and do it themselves, which if I thought I could get away with it, I would do. Yeah. The video that's currently pinned to the top of her Twitter profile is a great example of this. She has drawn out what she thinks Edith Piaf is singing in, uh, I'm gonna butcher the, the name of the song because I don't speak French. Non, je ne regret rien. It's, 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 the, it's no, uh, Yes. <laughs> non, je ne regret rien. That one. Yeah, the song from Inception. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how I know it. It's the <laughs> song that plays in Inception when you're about to wake up. Yeah.
1: I deliberately sang it badly there to avoid copyright infringement. It, it was really uh, close. I hope We're you Skirting the edge. <laughs>
0: hmm. But yeah, this, this video is like, as you're describing, she's flipping over pages and then for each line, she's pulling out strips of paper or unfolding little, very fragile, like you know, new jokes, so that it doesn't give away the entire bit as she f- turns the page. It's incredibly thoughtful. I was just so impressed by this.
1: I think it's a, it's such a fantastic video, and I'm glad it did as well as it did, and um, and and sort of brought her to loads more people's attention. You know, the idea behind it is quite simple, as is the case with lots of comedy. It's, it's misheard lyrics. right? You know, the, the the in the early days of the internet, I remember KissThisGuy.com, which was all right. about misheard lyrics. K- kiss the sky, kiss this guy. Uh, counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike, Captain Picard on the New Jersey Turnpike.
0: <laughs> I, I used to love it. I never heard that one. That's great.
1: That was from Simon and Garfunkel's America, yeah, which yeah. I also can't sing, so I won't. <laughs> uh, so, it's, so it's a simple idea. But what but the execution of it through the medium of live flip chart paper puppetry mm-hmm.
0: is completely unique. And um, yeah, that's it. This is just annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, annoying when someone's so talented. Yeah. Yeah. But she also has one of the best fan theories that I have ever read. Do you know about her Batman theory?
1: No. No,
0: I don't know. This. OK, I, I found this one. I was just looking at her, her past tweets. Hang on. Let me let me pull this up here. So, you know, like, this, there's tons of fan theories out there where people are applying their own reading to, to movies or TV or whatever. This one, I think, is my new favorite of all time. She says, Batman is Dracula. He created the hero persona because police don't investigate bloodless corpses if they were criminals. He lives in a creepy mansion, only comes out at night, dressed like a bat in a cape. Alfred is a familiar he promised to turn for years. (laughs) Alfred was the kid whose parents were killed outside the opera. Not Bruce. Yeah, great fake name, Dracula. Bruce. Idiot. (laughs) Batman was the killer. He felt bad Alfred witnessed his parents being drunk to death, so Batman took him under his literal wing. (laughs) And it it, it goes on from there. Uh, But (laughs) The Batmobile has a hearse, and, and and so on uh, but that really finally a dark take on Batman I know. this could really work <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant let's make seven of these movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: no if, if somebody isn't pitching that they should be what a great
0: idea yeah um, is there anything else that people should know about Beck or her work that you really like uh,
1: well not that she, she's um, uh, Australian just, just a bit of a warning there you know,
0: you can, <laughs> content, warning.
1: content warning Australian
0: <laughs> well that was Beck Hill who is on all the socials at Beck Hill comedian or be chill comedian alistair thank you so much for sharing your follows with us today before we go let's make sure listeners know how to find you online where do you want them to follow you
1: uh thank you for spelling out my my twitter handle m-i-s-t-e-r-a-b-k someone came in and, and took the other one rude well, before i could very rude <laughs> didn't they know those were my initials yeah um and uh yeah youtube is is quite a good one a beckett king uh a b-e-c-k-e double uh, my name's very hard to spell, the Alistair part of it. That's the reason it's not in either of those handles. It's right. this weird Scottish spelling with a D. It used to be the case that if you Googled the phrase Ginger Jesus, I came up. <laughs> But uh, Ed Sheeran has destroyed my search engine optimization because it's all him now.
0: Where did he grow out his hair? Is, is Ed Sheeran's? No, hair no, he doesn't look anything like Jesus. Ugh. It's really annoying.
1: <laughs> I, I'm out here day in, day in, day You've day and night in the work. like Jesus. <laughs> I have put in the hours. Sheeran swans in, becomes a hit, and now also yeah. rude.
0: <laughs> well, follow me on Twitter at hey hey esj and this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Follow Friday Pod. Call of Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie our show art was illustrated by Dodi Hermawan that's all for this week this is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs and when you do say something nice see you next Friday